Welcome to the Healthy Mind Fit Body Podcast. This is Kevin, and Wes is on the other line. What's going on, Wes? Hey, Kev. How's it going? We are at podcast number 11 now, and last week we touched on some things regarding uh, eating bad foods, right? Yeah, and we're going to kind of continue along that theme. We're going to talk about, what, heroin and uh, fast food today? Yeah, exactly. Heroin addiction. It's just like junk food. And uh, there's a little picture on this article on gris.org. The headline is, Scientists Claim Junk Food is as Addictive as Heroin. And there's a picture of a gal that's licking the frosting off of a cupcake. <laughs> Ooh, cupcakes. And it's got the little green uh, shots on it. The sprinkle things? The sprinkles, right. Yeah. I suppose if you did a lot of those, then you'd have to... Well, most people that do that, they end up having to work out a lot. Yeah. And... It reminds me, tomorrow morning I'm going to partake in this thing called uh, a Group X workout. I guess a bunch of people get together and they go through this cardio circuit training routine for an hour. I've never actually done like one of these giant group exercises with, you know, the instructors have got the microphone and they're yelling orders and stuff. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But Yeah, uh, maybe I'll learn some discipline. Perhaps. I'll become an <laughs> obedient soldier of yeah. uh, fitness. There you go. <laughs> but a lot of people do this kind of stuff. They get together and they have to kind of browbeat each other into exercising because they indulge in this uh, addiction to the junk food, right? Yeah, and, and the addiction to junk food, this article kind of talks about the uh, addiction to fat. And I guess they had some rats that uh, were eating junk food and they just couldn't control themselves and they had to keep going back and getting more. But it's really the sugar that is the problem. I mean, yeah, you don't want to eat trans fats. That's uh, pretty much poison to your body. But the addictive substance is sugar. And that's just been proven time and time again. And I know that uh, I was once addicted to sugar completely. And uh, I know a lot of people that are absolutely addicted to sugar. And so, you know, I think the focus here is, is a little off. Well, in addition to the fact that they're relying on rat studies to determine what's going on with humans, which, <laughs> I mean, it's a completely different organism, you know, similar in the fact that they're mammals and yeah. have, you know, some proclivities that are the same, both like cheese. Yeah. But um, I just don't think it's a good model to actually look at human psychology. And when you actually examine what they were doing here, they're basically giving them high fat diets and getting them hooked on just a whole bunch of uh, different food substances that I'm not sure rats would typically eat. But if humans are a genius at doing anything, it's actually making sugar, transforming it into something that is extremely tasty, as well as having a lot of fat in it. So it's kind of a double whammy because once you have a lot of carbs, i.e. the sugar that's broken down from the carbs, and in addition to the fat, it kind of does a double whammy on your uh, metabolism. So you'll have actually more glucose that's stored as fat in that process. And it can spike your insulin levels even more. So, um, yeah, I mean, cupcakes are probably an example. We talked about donuts last week. That's another thing that people can just kind of wolf down without uh, really knowing exactly what it's doing to their bodies, right? Yeah, but if you have a cup of coffee with them, then you won't lose any energy. You'll just be uh, fully charged. Yeah, you'll be wide awake as you pack on those pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The rats wanted their junk food fixed so badly they were willing to tolerate electric shocks if that's what it meant to keep eating the stuff. 
Mm. How about that? Shocks. Yeah. So I guess it's not humane to put humans in a study and subject them to electric shocks to see if they grab that extra cupcake, huh? Yeah. (laughs) And isn't it, uh, weren't you saying that they've cured rats of just about everything known to man? Oh yeah, mice, especially the lab mice have been cured of uh, pretty much every disease known to man. Yes. Yeah, so that kind of shows you that uh, this, you know, testing on these creatures is not exactly going to tell us a lot about what we should eat and should avoid, right? No. Uh, However, the conclusion here, they say eating junk food for a while could leave your brain's response to food permanently altered. Hmm. How nice. (laughs) Kind of puts industry calls for preserving consumer choice regarding the foods we eat into perspective, doesn't it? When it's an addiction, choice is the last thing we have. Well, that's self-fulfilling prophecy right there, isn't it? Yeah. Because giving ammunition to those wanting to restrict access to these foods for children, well, for anyone really, this study certainly ensures that I will never look at a ho-ho the same again. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that it should be some sort of top-down restrictions by governmental officials to tell people what they can and cannot do. I mean... The people in government are the last people to uh, look after your health, let alone the uh, shape of the economy, right? Yeah, and this article they mentioned the book that was written, it's called The End of Overeating by this uh, FDA commissioner. Great. So I, I kind of think they're, the way they're pointing people, it's in the direction of uh, letting go of self-responsibility mm-hmm. instead of what we're trying to tell people. Yeah, they have the best of intentions. We'll give them the benefit of that doubt. But they are denying responsibility of the individual to take charge of their own health and fitness. And basically, when you say, well, I'm addicted to this, therefore I can't choose, you are nonetheless making a choice by indulging in those various addictions. Um, But oftentimes, it's hard to actually get to the right food, right? When you're on the run, when you're on the go, it's hard to find a good place to eat that is quick and easy. And it kind of leads to our second article on Fitness Magazine, about the 30 worst fast food restaurant choices. I don't even know if there's actually 30 in one's vicinity. I think maybe some of these are redundancies from like Quiznos, TGI Fridays, California Pizza Kitchen, Denny's. A lot of these are actually sit-down places, Applebee's. Yeah. But yeah, when you get into the McDonald's and the Wendy's and the Taco Bell's, your choices become even more limited because unless you get like a salad, you're not going to find many vegetables or fruits for that matter. Yeah, I know. Usually the salad is is the best way to go, but even they list some salads that are just horrendous on this list. <laughs> but you know, the thing reading through this is again, <laughs> it starts off with uh, a quote by the FDA commissioner. Gosh, you can't get away from this guy. I know he's is this everywhere. The same guy? It's the same guy, David Kessler, MD. He's the author of the End of Overeating. Yeah, former FDA commissioner. Hmm. Yeah. So again, the the focus is on. I think every single one of these items that they picked, it's uh, the fat content. They don't even list the carbohydrates. Yeah, there's a token statement here about American restaurants have been piling on layers of fat, salt, and sugar to their creations, all of which tricks our brain into craving more food. Yeah. Um, It's as if, again, what we talked about last week, that if you really kind of like uh, deny the responsibility aspect, you can trick yourself into thinking that, my body is doing things that I cannot control. Like it is these hunger cravings. I must feed my body. I must obey my body, as that woman said from that Nightline 
episode about, you know, how she was explaining her eating habits. Right. And that really doesn't address the psychological issues involved in making choices that are not so good for your health. Yeah. And I think my observation on these, I mean, there's 30 of them, so we can't go through all of them, but the first two are sandwiches and they talk about all the calories and fat and everything, but you look at the buns on those and they're absolutely humongous. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think if you took out the buns altogether and just ate the inside of the sandwich, uh, not too bad, not too bad of a meal, probably a little too much sodium, but uh, you know, a lot more healthy. So, and they don't say anything about that. And I think if you scroll down to, uh, where they talk about the Denny's granola, mm-hmm. which is four ounces of granola with milk. Um, there's 690 calories, and it says 12 grams of fat, two grams of saturated fat, and then it's got a little bit of cholesterol and sodium. But it says a bowl of cereal that adds up to nearly half a day's calories. I'm not sure where they get half a day's calories, but it says, and this is supposed to be a breakfast side? Take heed. And it has a quote here. People don't realize there's a ton of fat and sugar in granola, and restaurants serve oversized portions, says New York-based nutritionist Richter, who tells her clients to avoid granola altogether, not just at Denny's. Opt for oatmeal instead, or Cheerios. Cheerios, yeah, they're heart-healthy, right? (laughs) Yeah. Anyone ever looked at the ingredients in Cheerios? So maybe that person's recommending that because it doesn't have as much fat in it. I mean, I guess oatmeal has um, some healthy fats in it. Yeah, oatmeal's got some good stuff, and it's it's high in fiber. Mm-hmm. But I think they're basically just criticizing that aspect rather than the fact that you're just trading one amount of carbs for another amount. Yeah, that's where they're, they're missing the boat on this whole article. The I mean, swapping granola for Cheerios is really not um, an upgrade in nutrition anyway. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the rules of thumb that people can kind of use when they go to either you know, a fast food drive through place or a sit-down restaurant? I mean, again, you're not going to find a good assortment of vegetables in place of your you know, deep-fried whatever that they serve. I think it's important to look more for the fresh stuff rather than the deep-fried because the deep-fried can be a double whammy. Um, they might be using a polyunsaturated oil like soybean oil, which is going to boost your omega-6 fatty acids, which isn't good, Right. Um, as well as having a rancid aspect to it that the oil is actually oxidized throughout the day, depending on when they put the oil into the vat. Um, you might be getting the end of the day's usage of that oil, and it could just be loaded with free radicals, which wreak havoc on your system. And you'll definitely need to uh, pop some vitamin C and some other antioxidants to deal with that stuff. So, I mean, you can do damage control like that. Make sure you have vitamins along with you. But there's, uh, I guess, some rules of thumb that people can employ to, to make sure they're making healthy choices in this process. Well, yeah, I think number one is common sense. I mean, you look at this Outback Steakhouse Bloomin' Onion appetizer, Mm -hmm. and that's just screaming like horrible. Hey, wait, but onions are healthy for you. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're vegetables, right? Well, that's the thing. They they take something that's healthy, and then they destroy it with a whole bunch of batter and deep-fried madness. Yeah. And it's not going to do you much good. I, I personally don't go to fast food restaurants for this very reason. I mean, most of the time, some of the times I do, but usually it's like little hole-in-the-wall Mexican places and where I don't have to eat the giant tortilla. You just kind of spread it all out and eat the insides of it with lots of good salsa, which is rich in antioxidants. 
Um, but when you go to like a, a McDonald's as the benchmark, it's very hard to find a balanced sort of meal that isn't going to lead to this really high disparity in carbs to protein ratio. Um, so you're going to have like four to five times the carbs as you do protein, and then the fat is going to be thrown in there with the carbs, and it's pretty much a non-starter as far as health and nutrition goes. But again, the salads are good, and I think if you stay with the lean meats like a chicken salad and then add in fat, like have a bag of nuts with you, like macadamia nuts or walnuts are really good. They have some omega-3s in them, um, cashews, I mean peanuts even. All these kinds of nuts are really good sources of energy, and they're not going to have the effect of uh, weight gain that the extra carbs are going to be with the buns and the uh, all the extra sugars that you get along with uh, those uh, main meal orders, meal choices. Yeah, and I think just, uh, you know, if you do end up in one of these places on the list, like a fast food or, a you know, like a Denny's type of place, one thing you can do is just to throw out the bun or take the bread away. Don't eat the extra carbs if you, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not ideal. I mean, you're still going to be getting, you know, you could be getting some bad fats. You could be getting too much sodium. But to save on the carbs will really uh, help out with your energy levels. And you're not going to be as likely to pack on that extra fat onto your body. Yeah. And if you... uh can prepare in advance, it kind of helps sometimes to just have a nutrition bar with you, like a protein bar with those nuts. So that's probably a healthier meal than some of these that you're going to get at these restaurants because it's just hard to pick a la carte something at these places because they bundle it all up and stuff. But I think that is a good notion to ditch the bun and some of these like real sweet sauces that they serve with it. Again, the main issue is the fact that carbohydrates in excess are responsible for the obesity epidemic that we have in America. And there's actually another article here on CBS News that says, um, from this study, 40% of U.S. may be obese by 2018. If the current trends continue, research group warns spending on obesity could hit $344 billion. (laughs) Yeah, well, if you get on healthymindfitbody.com, you can pick up our book and avoid all of that, right? Exactly. It sets you on the right path to thinking about nutrition, as well as dealing with the psychological side of all this, because as we touched down at the beginning of the show, this is really about your own choices and what you want to make of your life. You know, what's your self-concept? What do you envision for yourself as far as your future self, and, and how do you look at your present self? There was another article here that talked about why the obese don't always know that they're obese, or they deny the fact that they have a health issue. And that gets to the aspect of self-acceptance. You know, you first need to accept where you are before you can get where you want to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and those are great concepts just for everyday life. I mean, I'm working on goals right now, and all those concepts that we talk about in nutrition can be applied uh, to other aspects of life and moving you forward and what your desires are. Mm Mm-hmm. So the book is uh, really helpful because it integrates the psychological with the uh, nutritional side. And to get a bonus audio that we have free on our website, you just uh, go to the homepage and then opt in in that upper right corner with your email address. And you can get that for free, which explains these three pillars that we kind of structured the book with to deal with understanding yourself and your fitness level and you know to maintain your healthiness throughout your life. Right. And that's healthymindfitbody.com. 
And we're looking for feedback, so let us know what your issues are and anything that you're coming across in terms of your fitness level and what you want to do and uh, how we can possibly help you. So just uh, come to the website and uh, just post a comment on our blog. Yeah, and you can also go to iTunes and uh, rate or review the show. Much appreciated. And if you run into an expert, if you have a doctor in your life or a nutritionist or you know, somebody that proclaims to know a lot about nutrition and fitness and health and so forth, and it seems to be somewhat contradictory, go ahead and uh, let us know about that too. Because the reason why, you know, this prediction of 40% obesity in the U.S. is because of a lot of bad information out there. Right. And it's important to really nail down the, the essentials of what it takes to live a healthy life in order to actually prevent, prevent a bad state of affairs for everybody in this culture. Yeah, exactly. And to actually turn your life around and to flourish and have a great self-concept and to live a real happy life that's about flourishing rather than, you know, doing damage control, which is kind of seems to be where the healthcare whole agenda is heading, right? Yeah, I'm all about the flourishing for sure. Indeed. Yeah, I think after the workout tomorrow morning, I'm going to go play some volleyball, some beach volleyball for a few hours. Nice. Which if you do like a three-on-three or, you know, two-on-two is rough, but three-on-three, you can get pretty good exercise doing that because there's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, just don't hurt yourself. Try not to. Yeah, I won't <laughs> I won't go for the dives with the uh, mouth full of sand. That's no fun. Yeah, although that would make a good story for the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do the podcast with a mouth full of sand. That'd be great. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the show for today. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Talk to you next week. It's-